In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Say it and believe it. Say it and believe it. You know? A little bit of a southern preacher in me sometimes. You know? Say it like you believe it. Why am I holding a candle? Some of you know, but I thought I would share with you. Um, I'm holding a candle today because last night we had the honor of receiving the holy fire that comes from Jerusalem. We had a last minute notification that it was coming to the area and we seized the opportunity to receive the holy fire. If you don't know what this holy fire is, I'll tell you briefly. And then I'll move on to what I have to say for the homily. But the Holy Fire is probably the longest standing recurring Christian miracle. Um, It is something that takes place at the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. On the eve of Pascha, the patriarch, having been frisked by some neutral parties to make sure he doesn't have any lighters or matches, and the interior also being inspected to ensure that there's nothing hidden there for you suspicious ones. He goes in and kneels down and says a few prayers holding a couple of candles. Sometimes immediately, sometimes not right away, a blue, a kind of blue light, like a blue flame comes up from the stone slab that the body of Christ was laid on. The Holy Sepulchre is the place where the body of Christ was laid after he was crucified. So a kind of blue light comes forth and eventually forms a little bit of a, like a pillar that he can light his candles from in the center. A pillar doesn't come right away usually either. Sometimes within seconds, sometimes within minutes. And of course, people have been camped out there for a couple of days waiting to receive the holy fire. And something new happened just, I think, starting last year or the year before, where some God-loving people decided they wanted to bring the holy fire to the United States. All the way across the United States, over the Atlantic, I don't know where it landed, But one by one, a network of people emailing each other, messaging each other, connecting with each other, handed off the flame, lighting one candle, one lamp, one lantern, one after another, until the holy flame even made it up here to the Northwest. So I won't give my message about the holy fire again, but what an honor it is for us to have received this. It's an image of... The, the life and the resurrection that we have and also the fact that all flames come from one single flame the single flame of the life of Christ that is ignited from one person to another as we heard in the I think the epistle from last week I hand to you that which was handed to me the, the holy apostle Paul said and this is an image of that reality that transcends even the physical flame that impresses us so much. That miraculous flame. The one that we really care about is the immaterial flame 
of the very life of God that burns within the heart of the person who would be ignited by that flame. But that's not what I want to talk about today. I was going to say, our Metropolitan told us once, the best homily you can give is to say, I love you and I pray for you. And so I've been tempted to come up one of these days and say, I love you and I pray for you. Amen. And then go. But I don't know if I can quite bring myself to it. So however many words I use, whatever I say, I still hope that's the message you get. Today I want to cling to a couple of words from the first sentence in today's epistle reading. Actually, it's just one word in the Greek language. He says, brethren, be watchful, be watchful. The sentence Continue, stand firm in your faith, be courageous, and be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Be watchful is what I want to cling to today. Be watchful. The word used in this sentence, I'll do a little Greek for some of you who are language lovers. I'm not an expert, but... I know a little. The word used in the first line of the epistle reading is Grigorite, which means watch ye in the... Uh, I like the, uh, the, the King James Version. Watch ye. Because it's an imperative. You watch. It's an instruction. Watch. In biblical usage, it comes from the word Gregorevo and we have a familiar name, Gregory, that's drawn from that name. But in biblical usage, it means to watch or to be awake. As to sleep is often equivalent to dying, like Lazarus is sleeping. Remember when the Lord said, Lazarus is sleeping? Well, if he's sleeping, let's let him rest, and then he'll be fine, you know? And then he said plainly, Lazarus is dead. So like as to say to sleep is an equivalent to dying, so also... This word, to be awake, means to live or to be alive. It also can mean to give strict attention to, to be cautious and active, to take heed lest through remission and indolence some destructive calamity suddenly overtake one. Now it's getting serious. Lest one be led to forsake Christ. Lest one fall into sin or be corrupted by errors to be watchful in. Employ the most punctilious care in a thing. Punctilious means, again, of course, paying attention to the details. Caring about the details. What more important to pay attention to, to be attentive to, than our spiritual life. Another such word commonly used in the Bible and in the writings of the fathers is nepsis or nepsis, as pronounced in Greek. 
we often say nepsis. In antiquity, the word nepsis, which also means often translated as watchfulness, literally meant to drink no wine, to be sober. But by extension, it could also include it also included the metaphorical sense of being sober-minded, being sane or alert, and finally vigilant. Vigilant. If one desires not to be under the influence of the passions, if one wishes not to be drunk with anger, drunk with envy, or with desire, one must, spiritually speaking. Not drink the beverage of the passions, which is likened to wine. And of course, we can create connections by way of cross-referencing passages in the scripture all day and all night, which we like to do. This understanding of nepsis reminds us of other passages, like the words of the Holy Apostle Paul in his epistle to the Ephesians. Do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course, he's telling us, not to imbibe to the point where we're out of our mind, but also we could say he's instructing us not to become drunk by way of the passions, by way of anger, desire, frustration, and the like. How? By not inducing a voluntary state of drunkenness and slumber. Intoxication comes in many forms. As has been said, wine can be likened to the passions. And what is better? Drunkenness and escape, or to be filled with the grace of the Holy Spirit. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Which is better? Depends on what we want, depends on what we believe. Both words, Grigorite and Nipsis are present in this passage from the epistle of St. Peter. He says, be sober, nipsate, from nipsis, be vigilant, grigorisate, meaning stay awake. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And when thinking about watchfulness, of course, we recall the words of Jesus. Watch and pray. He said to his disciples, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh has to be trained. Also in a longer passage, Christ talking about that unexpected day of the final judgment. He says, of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father Take heed, watch and pray, watch and pray, for you do not know when the time is. It's like a man going to a far country who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to each his work and commanded the doorkeeper to watch, watch. Watch, therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming in the evening at midnight at the crowing of the rooster or in the morning, lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all. Say it with me. Watch. Thank you. Thank you. The concept of watchfulness is important. 
It can also be linked to the practice of keeping vigil. Staying awake, he says, Christ says, in the evening or at midnight, that time may come. Be watchful. The concept of watchfulness is one that does not have limited application to nighttime, but we see the night as an image and a reminder of the darkness of our own senses, oftentimes. Our own vulnerability to sin and our lack of spiritual attunement. The nighttime is also seen as a reminder of death. You see, the fathers see sleep as an image of death and a time of vulnerability. Therefore, nighttime has been adopted as a time most appropriate for prayer. Have you heard this in the writings of the fathers? Among my favorite and simple reminders is this sentence, this short pithy expression by St. Joseph of Volokolamsk. He says, the day is for labor and the night is for prayer. So many Christians, especially the ascetics and those who are called the Neptic Fathers, not wanting to too quickly subject themselves to the vulnerability to sin resulting from slothfulness and despondency and excessive sleep, practiced the art of vigilance, watchfulness in general, and even vigil or prayer by night. This discipline of watchfulness, guarding the heart, and praying at night is often encouraged in the writings of the fathers. This isn't to say that we disdain sleep. Remember the words from the morning prayers that say, We bless thee, whoever worketh great and mysterious deeds for us, who provideth us with sleep as rest from our infirmities, as a repose for our bodies tired by labor. We honor and thank God for sleep as a repose of our bodies tired by labor. But at the same time, we find ourselves living in the tension, thanking God for the sleep that we get for the repose of soul and body, tired by labor, but not wanting to be as the unworthy ones of whom we sing in the midnight office and the bridegroom orthro services. Unworthy is he whom he shall find heedless. Beware, therefore, O my soul, lest thou be borne down with sleep, lest thou be given up to death and shut out from the kingdom. But rather rouse thyself and cry, Holy, holy, holy art thou, O our God, through the Theotokos, have mercy on us. So to temper our relationship with sleep, sleep, sleepiness, too much, to ensure that we're not overindulging, nor that we're unnecessarily waylaying sleep with distractions. We're encouraged to seek to constantly awaken our hearts to God. This doesn't happen on its own. We have the Savior as our example of this beautiful sacrifice of self to God. Repeatedly, he would escape by night to pray. And we too are encouraged to arouse the soul to prayer rather than automatically sleeping, seeking slumber rather than running to a momentary repose, something strange comes to happen, but something quite natural. The body, though tired by labor and the mental activity of the day, seeks rest. We've been told that tuning out is the best way to do this. But when we turn to prayer, the reading of the Psalms and the Holy Scriptures, 
the writings of the fathers. We come to experience a rest and repose unsurpassed by anything else. A few minutes of prayer, the reading of the Psalms before a dimly lit icon. Rather than doling the senses, the senses which are longing for repose, it subjects them to the repose that may be found in God alone. This isn't just like super spiritual stuff, you know, for guys who talk about things. This is stuff for all of us. We can do it. And we can be realistic about it. I'm not talking about six hours of uninterrupted prayer in the middle of the night. So we find a lot packed into this little exhortation, be watchful. And we have much to learn by way of the church's experience with watchfulness. So here's the charge to all of you and to me. At least one night a week, at least one night a week, hold vigil. What do I mean by that? For you, it may be going to bed 15 minutes beyond your normal bedtime. Seems realistic. It might mean taking that moment of the baby crying in the middle of the night as an opportunity, as if God were calling you forth to pray, to be with Him. Calm the baby, lay the baby down, and say the prayer rope once, or say a song. Sanctify that moment. Rather than thinking of it as an interruption, think of it as an invitation. If you have a hard time sleeping, light a candle before the icons. Pray for a little while. Do a couple of prostrations, maybe. And ask God to grant you a thorough and deep and prayerful sleep when you return to bed. May mean setting the computer or cell phone aside, turning off the television, and just telling yourself, no, I'm going to spend some time with God right now. Schedule it and do it, and allow it to take place. I'm encouraging us all to do it at least once a week. But if it happens more than that, that's okay. Moments, minutes, and even hours spent invoking the precious name of Jesus are never moments wasted. And we talked about the Jesus prayer last week. So it's fresh in our minds how sweet and wonderful it is to say the prayer of Jesus. These are never moments wasted times we utilize to search the scriptures, to avail ourselves, to comprehension with all the saints, what's the width and the depth and the length and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. See, these are never times misspent. Unless, kids, your dad just told you to mow the lawn or something like that. I gotta keep vigil. Um, Sorry, bud. You can do it after you mow the lawn. Okay? We set the mind at the door of the heart like a soldier. We set the mind at the door of the heart like a sentinel. Like a guard. This rational sentinel allowing 
whatever enters into the door of the heart, whatever it is that we allow in through the exercise of our mind is what forms us. Therefore, we must watch and pray. So, beloved in Christ, while we labor during the day, let us glorify God for the opportunity He's provided for us to serve others. And when we're free from the labors of the day, let's take time for stillness and prayer. Thus, training that sentinel to do his job well. To preserve the palace of the soul from foreign invaders, that it might serve as a temple fit for the King of all. Amen.